Welcome to Place at the Table podcast, special edition, live from, well it's not live because we're taping this, but in my rental car in Auburn, after a just crazy day of news, I'm going to timestamp this, I, I know these things are supposed to be unstuck in time, but everything's so fluid today, it feels like we need to. It is 7.40 p.m. Central Time on Sunday. Uh, Dan Mullen has been hired at Florida. Greg Schiano has been hired and unhired at Tennessee, which is probably all anyone wants to talk about. And to talk about this, I've brought on a very special guest who happened to be in the same room as me five minutes ago and was willing to do this, George Schroeder from USA Today, our favorite podcast guest to this point. Can you let me out of this car, please? No. It, the doors will stay locked, but I have turned on the heated seats because it's cold out there. It is cold. It's, it's a brutal, as the Miami Hurricanes would say, a brutal 68 degrees outside. No, no, 68 degrees in here. It's oh, okay. 62 out there. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll turn it up to 72 in here, a perfect 72 it, degrees. It's actually a brutal 48 out here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's chilly. Oh, yeah, I can see it dropping now on the outside. So this happened today. Greg Schiano was going to be hired at Tennessee, and now he's not. Massive fan backlash, and it's, I mean, I've never seen anything like this before. I don't think we've ever seen anything like it before, period. The only thing even close when someone got hired, Andy, happened here yeah. back when... Yeah, that guy booing Gene Chizik at the Gene airport. Gene Chizik gets hired from Iowa State. He had a losing record, and he, you know, and, and they the guy shows up and boos him at the airport. That's the only, and, and here's what that didn't do. It didn't stop him from getting hired. No, it didn't. He was already hired, and it's one guy. This was thousands of people. And I was thinking back, remember when Florida hired Ron Zook and people were unhappy and somebody started fireronzook.com? This is like that, except if people had had the means to express it in real time, which that didn't exist in early 2002 yeah no this is this is unprecedented and some of it is no not some of it much of it is based on social media and the ability to get your message out in a hurry and everything else some of it's based on the worst pieces of social media where you sort of get this like a twitter mob mentality right. and and look i gotta tell you look we and i know we're going to get into this and we're going to disagree a little bit about some yeah. of it but some of it's based on people um, grabbing onto one thing that they really, I'm, quite frankly, most of them don't care about, and using that as the wedge issue to sort of right. to get rid of a coach that they're just not enthralled with. It was very much like a political campaign, more than anything else. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm not normally one to say capitulate to the Twitter mob, but I am one to say listen to your customers. And I think in this case, John Curry, the AD at Tennessee, didn't have a choice but to listen to his customers. Now, let, 
Let's get into the particulars of it, though, because it's okay, it's interesting. Hold on one second, okay. By giving in to the customers, does that mean when you don't hire John Gruden that, that you didn't give in to your customers? That's, okay. I mean, this that, part of the problem here. That is part of the problem, but in this case, I don't think they would have reacted this way if they'd have hired Mike Norvell, Mike Leach. Uh, you know, I'm just throwing names out here of, of guys who would potentially be hires in this coaching carousel. I, I don't think any of those names would have caused open revolt like this. I think this particular name did. Now, I am I am with you on that I don't think it was as much about the Jerry Sandusky thing as a lot of the Tennessee fans made it out to be. You know, for, for background here, there was a, a document unsealed in the Jerry Sandusky case in which Mike McQuarrie, who was the guy who originally turned in Jerry Sandusky and, well, didn't turn him in at first, but then became the star witness when they finally investigated him. Right. Uh, Mike McQuarrie said he was told by Tom Bradley, who was the defensive coordinator who followed Jerry Sandusky at Penn State, was an assistant with them, that another coach had mentioned something about seeing Sandusky do something. That coach was revealed to be a young Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano vehemently denied this when it came out. And it's it's like double hearsay. Not admissible in court, never charged, never even investigated. So Yeah, I mean the the actual the prosecutor basically said it was it was not something they would even consider It's not something they could. Right. Pursuing it, yeah. because it's so unreliable. Right. There, now I'm not saying it didn't happen, but this is this is the facts. This is why it was not followed up on but you, you can't also say that it did happen. And you that's you part can't. Of the deal. Yeah, you can't either way at this point. And Shiano has vehemently denied it, and you have to give him, you know, a chance to say his piece. And he did at the time. So, but that is something a lot of the Tennessee fans grabbed onto, and and so the prevailing sentiment is, if they felt Shiano was a better football coach, that that wouldn't be the thing they grabbed onto. They'd just be happy. But I'm not so sure about that. I think if you're a smart AD. Anything that has a whiff of the Sandusky scandal, you have to be very careful before you bring it onto your campus, especially a Tennessee campus that has just been through Title IX investigations. You have to be extremely careful, and that's something that you got to think about beforehand. This is something, and, and I know people don't always like to hear how the sausage gets made, but sometimes ADs... People like that agents will leak something as a trial balloon. Hey, we're thinking about hiring Greg Schiano. And you see if that's going to blow up. And you read the room a little bit. And had that happened, they would have been able to read the room very quickly and right. would have not offered Which him a job. Which is not what happened yeah. because they offered him a job, agreed to the details of the contract. Now, they hadn't signed it, but they apparently had a memorandum of understanding, understanding yeah. some of our colleagues are reporting. Um, so... Yeah, right. It wasn't a trial balloon at all. It right. was a. It was. This is the direction we're heading, and then it turned out to be a lead balloon for Tennessee Nation. Yeah. It and so, it's interesting because I I, I look at the customer service end of college sports. It's very similar to our business. We have customers, end customers, who are the readers at USA Today and at Sports Illustrated, but they are not all. That is not our total customer base. Part of our customer base 
consists of advertisers who actually provide most of the money. And the while the readers are the ultimate base and the audience that those advertisers are seeking to find, the money, for the most part, comes from the advertisers. It's not that different in college sports. In college sports, the rank-and-file fan who buys a ticket once or twice a year is like the reader. The big-money booster is like the advertiser. And you have to satisfy both constituencies if you're, if you're the athletic director. And it's a really tough place to be sometime. Apparently, Greg Schiano passed through the big money boosters. That was okay. But when he got to the end customers, they were not okay with it. And here's my thing. When you have that many, that percentage, who are ne- responding negatively of your customers, you have to listen to them. Do, do we really know how many and what percentage it was? Seriously. Well, no, we don't because... How many li- people are on Twitter? Just loud. How many people are right. right? Is there a silent majority? But this did not feel like one of those situations where there were a bunch of loud people and a bunch of silent people who disagreed with the loud people. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think the silent people probably agreed with the loud people. Well, either they they might have agreed with the loud people. Sometimes the silent people aren't as uh, up to the minute. Right. Updated. Right. They're going to be catching up on this tomorrow. And, right. and what the heck happened? Especially considering that it's you know it's Sunday afternoon and evening when this all went down. Yeah, um, you know a lot of people aren't glued to Twitter the way obviously we are. It's part of our job, and frankly, probably a lot of the listeners are because if you're listening to a podcast, you're like an early this, adopter type. You're a tech person. Yeah, yeah and you're really involved and yeah. interested. You care in a lot about football. this subject. Yeah, right. and I, but I just I feel like this is a case where you have to listen to the customers. You, you can't just ignore them. I think if, if they went through with this, John Curry would have been a dead man walking before Greg Schiano coached his first game. And Greg Schiano would have been fired coach walking before he coached his first game because that kind of negativity you can't handle. Now, here's, here's what a lot of people are going to say, and I understand where they're coming from. If you do this now, are they going to veto every – hire you want to make are they going to make this a job where you can't find anybody who wants to take it i don't think they will i will bet that the coach tennessee ultimately hires because of this will be embraced by the fan base okay i don't have a problem with that but who it to me it's a much less attractive job all of a sudden agreed for a, for a whole lot of coaches agreed and i'm not talking about coaches with some sketchy past, which I'm not saying that Greg Shano has, but I'm just saying I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying Joe average hot coaching commodity. If that's kind of a category. I, I, I got you. Up. I understand. Tennessee, which is a pretty good job, not a great job, not as great a job as the Tennessee fans think it is, is suddenly not nearly as good a job. I would argue just in this particular case with the Tennessee job, Having to take it under these circumstances will actually prepare you for what it's like to be the Tennessee coach. <laughs> because it, it, it is more of a fishbowl than, than most other jobs in sports. The Alabama head coach, the New York Yankees head coach, I, that's about it. I mean, 
it's just that that market, that atmosphere there. Every word you say is parsed like the Dead Dead Sea Scrolls. This one's this market here is a little bit. Auburn like that. is like that too. Yeah, not, maybe not quite the same, but very close. Just because there's not quite as big a media contingent. Right, Knoxville's a bigger city. That's Knoxville's a bigger city, but it's not a pro town. And the other part of it is, even though there are two pro teams in the biggest city in the state, two and a half hours away, everybody still cares more about the Vols. So it's going to be that fishbowl for whoever takes the job. So honestly, the person who takes it now will go in with eyes wide open. They won't be surprised. Okay. I just think it suddenly became a harder... A harder hire. It's absolutely a harder hire. And John Curry is under intense pressure, and I feel bad for him. Let me start by saying this, by the way. John Curry is a very competent athletic director. He did a tremendous job at Kansas State. Um, and this this search is suddenly very problematic for him on yeah. multiple levels. Beyond just, frankly, beyond just now figuring out to, what to do with the ashes of this and go hire somebody good. To me, this is the kind of thing that, you know, you're a uh, new-in-the-job guy. He's been there less than a year. And when this kind of happens, it really significantly weakens your position. It's not like some are calling, oh, you need to fire the guy. No. but And, and there are people calling but, for but that. But here's the thing. If, let's say, the Greg Schiano hire had gone through with no problems and Greg Schiano had gone 6-6, six and six, well, 7-6, and six, Seven and six, six and seven. John Curry and Greg Schiano would have both been fired. Sure, you get you yeah. get one. Maybe sometimes you get two, but you get one football hire at a power. Yeah, if you're an AD, if the football hire goes bad, that's what you get. That's where we are in our accelerated so, deal. So whoever he hires, if they're bad, he's going to get fired. If they're good, he's going to get kept. That that's the bottom line. All this stuff going on right now is going to be bad and is going to be uncomfortable for him. If the coach he hires wins football games, everything will be fine. Yeah, you're right about that. That's for sure. But he, for the for the current term, the short term, he's in a really – it's a weakened position. Very weakened. Compared to where he was. Absolutely. Where if anything else sort of goes wrong, it could be a real bad deal. Yeah. And, and I mean unrelated things because it's sort of all on your watch type of deal. Mm-hmm. We're turning off the heated seats now, by the way. If you hear the little... It's it's warm. We're, we're good and warm now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're John Curry, you, you just have to get this right. But the thing is, you always had to just get this right. Okay. Fair it, enough. It's just more difficult now. It, it, and I would say it's a whole lot more difficult now. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see who they hire. Now, listen, there are names out there. And you're right in, in one of the things you said I completely agree with you on. Some of the things I disagree with you on, obviously. One of them is, right, let's pull a name out of thin air. Let's go to the other side of the state. And you, and you and I have mentioned his name. Let's say you hired Mike Norvell now. Mm-hmm. There's a significant portion of the Tennessee fan base that would have turned its nose up Yep. Uh, seven hours ago at that. But now they're going to say, I don't want us to be viewed as those crazy people. Because there are – listen – there are people in the Tennessee fan base who really are arguing about this and, and fighting against the hire of Greg Schiano because they feel like he did something wrong and they don't want him representing their university. And they feel like 
it should be about more than football. There are people who legitimately feel that way. You can you can say this is all about you don't think he's a good football coach. I guarantee you there are people who it's about something other than football for. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I think it's a very small percentage, and I think that percentage of people, whoever it is, a very tiny percentage within that percentage has the first clue about exactly what the allegations right. were that we got to at the beginning of the pod. Yeah. So I don't disagree with that. Um, but regardless, there's a whole bunch of people out there, maybe it's just that sort of peop- the silent bunch of people who don't even know what's going on yet, who if they were to hire Norvell from Memphis, instead of turning their nose up at the Memphis coach and, wow, we're Tennessee, we should have – you know, somebody much higher, right? they're going to say, like you said, all right, these crazies, we don't want to be seen as crazies. We're going to embrace our coach. Yeah. So I think there's at least that going on. Um, by the way, I think that might be a pretty good hire, frankly. I'm not saying too. that's where they're going, but it wouldn't be a bad hire. And and I know they're not going to consider Mike Leach. He'd be a good hire, too. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I mean, he, he's the guy that has won in Lubbock and Pullman. It's funny. Somebody uh, asked me about Mike Leach to uh, to Fayetteville, to Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I started thinking about what will we call him? We call him the Pirate of the Ozarks. Yeah, so, absolutely. So the Pirate of the Smokies? The Pirate of the Smokies, no the question. same kind of ring. Absolutely. Yeah? They're not hiring him, by the way. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, I don't think either one of them is, although Arkansas could do it. Yeah, if, I if think things it, go sideways. It would fit and by there. the way, they already went sideways because they're not getting Gus Miles on. Yeah, he's but, pretty pretty safe at Auburn, I'd say. Yeah, but if, if things go sideways in their search, uh, and I don't know how that could actually happen, given that they started with Gus Miles on, which is a pipe dream, and they're running it with no athletic director in place. But if things went sideways, Mike Leach could end up at Arkansas. Absolutely, and and would be a good hire, and yep. would be fun, yep, and might win games, and and would be at the front of mind because we write about him. I think Lane Kiffin would actually be a good hire at Arkansas. Oh, man. They're not going to do it. I know they're not. Here's the craziest thing about the Tennessee job. All those protests the night Lane Kiffin left for USC, they would throw him a parade if Lane Kiffin came back tomorrow. A parade. I'm just trying to think through that. There's, I. They're not going to do it. But the fan base would get behind it. Can we engineer it? I, I we got we got the 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 cell phone number for John Curry that Clay Travis didn't put out on Twitter, so well, we every, can we can try to text yeah. him. Everybody has the other one. Yeah. But uh, oh man. Wow. Uh, that I mean. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Lane Kiffin. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. An athletic director's number got put on Twitter. <laughs> Which um. Seems beyond the pale, but there I don't you go. think that's how I would have done it. But I, I guess it got the desired result. Let me just say what it is. That's terrible. That's what that is. And look, I got nothing against Clay Travis. He I think he, he and probably I get along fine. you probably get that result without putting his cell phone number on Twitter. Yeah, I agree. But you, you know, that's just that was wrong. Yeah, that's what that was. Well, it is interesting though because this is a. We got to talk about the Tennessee fan base yep, in go general. For it. Go for it. Okay. I don't know how many people seriously believed that John Gruden was coming. I'd like to think that's a very small percentage as well. That you, seriously you have to hope, believe right? that. Yeah. Right. I mean, most of that stuff was was pure message board fiction and you know, you read it with a critical eye and you have even the slightest understanding of how coaching searches actually work, 
you, you can spot where it's where it's wrong. And I do I do know there were some fans who were convinced that John Gruden was coming. It never made sense. But this is part of what makes people feel this way about that particular group. Because they believed in this pipe dream. And I think that people are looking at this as you're mad that they were going to hire Greg Schiano and not John Gruden. I don't think that's true of most of the people who were fighting back today. Okay, I don't. I, I can't. I, I I can't disagree with that. I mean, I, listen. I mean, you have on the one hand, you have this sort of the extreme of inanity of mm-hmm. believing John Gruden is at Calhoun's on the. I assume it was the one on the river. It was the one on the river, not, not the not one out west. Not I mean, the one on Bearden Hill. Yeah. Gosh, no. It's right. got. It's the one on the river. That would have been the most SEC of all rumors <laughs> if he was at the one in the suburban. Yeah, no, not the one. On, that is. I don't even know if the one on Bearden Hill is still open. But, You've got on the one end of the spectrum, you've got the people who believe John Gruden was going to exist. And on the other end, you have the people that are just the most rational people of all time. And there's so but there's a vast portion of people in the middle, which is, I think, what you were saying. Yeah. Who thought the Tennessee job is a fantastically great job and they'll have their pick of anybody. And what they found out over the last few weeks is it's first of all, hiring a coach is hard. Very. OK, even if it's a great job the stars have florida is the best job in this deal right in this current carousel and they got the guy tennessee fans thought they were going to get and they got the and it was their probably they're not going to admit this it was the third choice right chip kelly no scott frost no for a variety of reasons and then dan mullen who by the way is a tremendous coach it's a great hire but the best job in the cycle didn't get its first or second pick and 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 so so back to Tennessee. He and then and then Mullen, you know, worked at Florida before as a coordinator. Worked for Scott Strickland, Florida's AD, when Strickland was Mississippi State's AD. So of course those stars aligned easier, easier, and it was a better job. So of course they got that guy. Which the Tennessee thing again, if you don't think you're going to get your guy, you got to float some trial balloons to have some idea of what the response is going to be. All right, I'm going to float a scenario for you. Like, Sean Eichhorst probably should have floated a Mike Riley trial balloon before springing that on everybody in Nebraska. Sean Eichhorst went after Brett Bielema, who at the time would have been a really good hire. And and would still be there. Yeah, he'd still be there, and he would have won, I believe, because that kind of ball would have translated at Nebraska, and they'd have loved him. And then, as far as anybody can tell, he went directly from a no from Brett Bielema directly to Mike Riley. Uh, no no real in-betweens there. Here's the deal about that. And I know it was three years ago, and Mike Riley's just now been fired. Yet another move to, today or whatever, yesterday. Yesterday. Whenever, yesterday when, There's a lot of stuff happened in 48 like hours. Kelly got hired two years ago at UCLA is what it feels <laughs> yeah, like, right? Yeah, it was yesterday morning. But, but but he could have waited at that period three years ago after Brett Bielema turned down. He could have gone around and around and around and searched for a bunch of people and gotten Mike Riley 30 days later. Right. Um so a trial balloon would have been a nice idea, I guess. But Ditto at- for Greg Schiano, by the way. You're right about that. Who was who was clamoring to hire Greg Schiano? He's been rumored to be in on all these jobs. Well, let me figure out why that rumor has happened. Oh, well, let's let's get into this, George. I don't know if we were gonna get into this, but Might as let's well. let's get into this because our industry it it was interesting today how it was handled. You know, there there was a lot of vehement defense of Greg Schiano from people who do our jobs. And it, it 
seemed like it was the people Jimmy Sexton talks to. Yeah, Jimmy Sexton, for the few of you on this podcast who don't know, listening to this podcast who don't know, is college sports, is college football super agent. Right. He basically has a bunch of coaches. 70% of the top name coaches. Yeah. I don't know if it's that many, but a bunch. In the SEC, it's almost all of them, basically. Yep. He also has Greg Schiano. And so, Jimmy is a guy people need to talk with. Yes. In our business. You don't want to you don't want to burn him. You don't want to tick him off. And that that makes this dynamic interesting because here you had Tennessee fans saying, "We don't want this." And then people saying, "No, you really do. No, you really They've made themselves clear. You can argue with them if you want to 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 stay on Jimmy Sexton's good side, but you're not going to win that argument. The people had spoken at that point. So it, it, it's very strange because it, 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 it was a little weird peek behind the curtain of our business as well. Now, I think that here's another interesting thing that, that just popped into my head, George. Tennessee is probably now sideways with Tennessee alum Jimmy Sexton, who happens to represent probably more coaches that they're interested in. Here's what Jimmy Sexton will do. He will get over it he because will, he will get one of his other coaches paid. Yeah, I, I will say this. Jimmy Sexton's a pro. He is is an absolute pro. You talk to all the ADs who deal with him, you will not hear a bad word about him from those ADs. Right. Sometimes ADs do rip other agents, but they never feel like they're getting ripped off by Jimmy Sexton, even as he's making deals that are very favorable to his clients compared to the school. Uh he he does a great job of making everybody feel like they got something out of the deal. And so I think you're right. I I can't see him just, you know, blacklisting his alma mater or anything like that because he's a pro. But that is a really interesting dynamic of of all of this that it happens to be Tennessee alum super agent Jimmy Sexton that that wound up getting you know, stiffed in this deal along with Greg Schiano. The whole thing is just an unbelievable mess, and it played out in real time on a Sunday afternoon. I couldn't afternoon. stop watching. I couldn't. It I mean, was crazy. Because I, I just, who was going to chime in? The White House press secretary chimed in. Really? <laughs> That's amazing to me. And you don't mean former White House press secretary Ari Fleischer, who at least supposedly pays attention. Right. He's and he does he pay attention for the playoff. to college yeah. sports. Right. Yeah. No, it just the whole thing is just I, – I don't even – it's so surreal. And we've kind of hit a bunch of different angles of it. And you could turn the prism over and look at it from a different way. But it's it's just – any way you look at it, it's like this is unbelievable that this went down the way it did. I Yeah, I just – I never would have predicted this would happen. I, I – you know, social media gives people a voice. And I think that's – the thing we need to to look at, and and I think athletic directors need to to look at it too. I'm going to look at it as someone who works for a business that wants to serve its customers. You need to listen to people, because the people who yelled on Sunday didn't have a voice seven years ago. There would have been no way to register their displeasure fast enough 
to stop the thing they were trying to stop. It would not have worked. Right. They have the voice now, even though they don't write the big checks. So now as an AD, you have to figure out, okay, is this a Twitter conflagration that is going to go away in 30 seconds? Or is this a legitimate thing that I need to worry about? Right. Exactly. Today, it was a legitimate thing that John Curry needed to worry about. And I think he would have been incredibly tone deaf had they gone through with that deal. Right. And, and look, we, for, we don't actually know who ended the deal. Right. And by that, I mean it clearly was Tennessee. It clearly was not Shiano. And, well, if, and, but, but if you're Shiano, would you even want to take no, it No, I don't disagree. Point? But here's what you do. They apparently, if they have a signed memorandum of understanding. You better give them some cash. Yeah, you're going to make some money out of the deal. Yeah. But what I'm saying is we don't know if. John Curry into the deal, or someone above him in right. the deal. We, we you know, and right. we're Was never, and we're never going to the know Chancellor that. Beverly Davenport or something like that. Right, she's a uh, ads or politicians. University presidents are much right bigger politicians, and so my guess is she was getting some calls from real politicians and trying to figure out where where they stood on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because you, you've got to you've got to test the temperature of your constituency and you know this is a case where they misread their constituency very very badly i hope we haven't misread you as a constituency i i find this topic fascinating i know there's a lot more going on but i don't think we've ever seen anything like this before. no we haven't and there was so much to talk about we, we could have talked about if you just want to stay coaching you could have talked about chip kelly choosing ucla saying yeah. no to florida no to the sec we could have talked about uh, the expected firings that happened in the last couple of days. Mike Riley, we mentioned, Brett Bielema coming, you know, it, as he, they pulled him aside right after the game right. was over um, and told him you're fired. At the same time, they were handing out sheets to the uh, with the announcement to media members who were covering the game Friday night. Um, help me out here. Todd Graham at yep. Arizona State. Kevin Sumlin yeah. at Texas A&M, who maybe will end up at Arizona State real fast. Or Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee would make a ton of sense right there. Um so many things we could have talked about before you ever talk about what happened as I'm looking at Jordan Hare Stadium. At Jordan Hare Stadium across the way through the front windshield of this uh, rental car in which we're doing the it's it's our makeshift studio here. Yes. So many things we could have talked about other than the Iron Bowl, which was a huge game and a fantastically fun The first thing to time watch. in years we've seen Alabama look normal. Right. A team made Alabama look normal, which is why nobody wants to play Auburn right now, by the way. So, right. But, but that's probably another topic for another day. We the the playoff conversation. Look, we, we we talk about that during the week as we preview the games. This topic tonight was just so fascinating. So, if if we bored you and and you didn't want us dedicating the whole show to it, I'm sorry. But this is unprecedented. Yeah. No, you're right. Unprecedented is the right way to say it. I mean, that's probably the that's probably the all encompassing. It's not all-encompassing word, but it's the most important word in this whole deal. And, it, and it's going to be a while before we, we find out what it really meant. Because I think it may change how college ADs approach hiring. It may change how they pr- approach their vetting process. It may change how they approach uh, the PR of, of a coaching search. The, the one thing I would say about this is there aren't very many coaches, college coaches, prospective coaching candidates out there, who have any sort of a tie to right. 
to some giant thing like that. Right. Where to where there's going to be that kind of an yeah. issue that could be dredged up, whether it's legitimate or not. But that is a, that particular one, the Sandusky case, is immediately toxic. Right. Regardless of whether there's anything to any of it. Right. It's it. We have seen that it can become toxic in ten Im- seconds. Immediately. So yeah, it it's it's just it's such a strange confluence of circumstances. And here we are, and Tennessee had a coach. Now they don't have a coach. The people spoke, and Tennessee listened. And now we'll see where Tennessee goes next. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again later this week.